Hello, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I am Ivy, and I am so thankful that you've joined me today. Go ahead and pop in your earbuds and start multitasking while we talk about parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today, I'm talking with Georgia, wife to Scott and a mom of three boys. Now, before I get too far into this one, I want to give you a fair warning. She is going to share a part of our story that might not be great for your child to hear. The story ultimately is one of beauty and redemption, like the sort of thing that only God can do. But in order for you to really see the beauty, I I think it's important for this painful parts of this story to be shared too. So warning given, here we go. So I have a group of friends that I met while I was at Auburn, War Eagle. Um, I've actually had quite a few of those friends on here because I think they're wonderful and I want you to know them. Um, But we are the sort of friends that text or Marco Polo constantly, constantly, like they are texting me right now (laughs) about sometimes it's meaningless things, you know, like what we thought of the Super Bowl halftime show. But we also communicate about the hard things, the painful things. So it wasn't uncommon to get a prayer request text. That that happens quite frequently. However, this particular night um, is one that I will remember. My friend Jess texted and said, would y'all pray for my nephews? They've been attacked by dogs and are in an ambulance right now on the way to the hospital. I specifically remember seeing that text. I remember where I was standing. I stopped what I was doing, and I started to pray. At some point, I got emotional as I found out more of the details. As the night and days went on, Jess shared more of the details, more of the stories. And it's one of these stories that I will remember forever. It, It deeply impacted me as a parent. And I knew I want them to share their story on here one day. I really do. And so I've waited some time just because I didn't want it to be quite so fresh for them. I wanted to give Georgia time to process, but I I sent her a message asking if she would be willing to share. And she was like, if you think it would be good, then I'm willing to share. So I'm thankful that she's here and I'm thankful you get to hear the story. Here it is. So we're going to jump in and I just want you to describe that day. Yeah. So um, this was last May, um, early May, May 11th to be exact. And um, it was late in the evening. We were getting ready actually to have four or five people over from my husband's office for Mm -hmm. dinner. And so I was like, anybody that hosts people in their house with three young kids are like running around, you know, like I was about to throw something in the oven. Yes. (laughs) Um, yes. I was actually trying to feed my three boys before these people came over to get them like ready for bed. And anyway, and so they had finished their dinner and um, Scott and I had asked my two older ones, um, Rhett and Foster to run outside, kind of clean up. They had like toys in the driveway and anyway. Yeah clean up, put it away. This is a total normal night in any. Exactly. Exactly. Everything's going the way that we go. And so, um, so they did that. And then after they did that, they 
hopped on their bikes, which was not uncommon for a few yeah. minutes, decided they were going to ride down um, our street. Um, and we live in a pretty like quiet neighborhood, like a lot of older homes, older people, um, not a ton of kids actually. Um, and so they took off on their bikes and about 15 minutes later, mm-hmm. um, foster comes running in our side door. I was actually upstairs trying to like semi get ready. <laughs> um, yeah. and I had my younger, my younger one, he was two at the time Yeah, and, um, with me. And so, um, he comes inside and I hear Scott yelling, mm-hmm. where is Rhett? Yeah. My older son. And, um, you know, you just kind of have that pit in your stomach. Like that was not a normal, like I felt like something was wrong. Yes. And so I come running downstairs, Scott left in his car and I'm like, the door's wide open and I just see blood Yeah. down Foster's oh my gosh. Like, on his forehead down. Yeah. So actually in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm like trying to in my head go, okay, maybe like someone was hit with a baseball bat. Like I'm like, just being a mom yeah. of boys, I'm like, those types of things happen. Right. Like right, right. we've, we have golf clubs flying and all sorts of stuff in our yard. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. We're going to get a few stitches. Like it's going to be okay. And so I'm like, Foster, what's going on? Everything like what happened? And he's like, mom, two dogs attacked us. So I'm like, okay, still, I'm like, everything looks visually like everything's going to be okay. We're going to go to the hospital, but we'll be fine. Um, so Scott calls me and says, put George, which is my younger one and foster in the car. And you need to drive down to the cul-de-sac right now. Oh my gosh. And so I'm like, okay, so I didn't have shoes on. <laughs> like I was dressed, but like didn't have shoes on. I like throw the other two in the car, start driving, which is probably, it's a pretty good distance from our house to this cold, but you can't see it. We didn't have mm-hmm. a visual of it. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of far away. Um, and I get down to this area and I see Scott's car in the middle of the road with his doors open. Mm-hmm. And I see the boys' bikes laying in the middle of the street. Yeah. So I just park my car and get out and I hear Scott yelling, like, we're over here. And so I walk over to the driveway to see my oldest, Rhett, um, laying in this person's driveway that we did not know mm-hmm. with a man who I did not know <laughs> yeah. holding, holding him, um, and kind of had his neck wrapped up, um, and lots of blood. And, um, I, I literally was like having like an outer body experience. Right. It's like, I still didn't understand, like, didn't know what had happened, <laughs> um, because we weren't there. And so, um, you know, bits and pieces of the story honestly came later, right. uh, which was hard as a parent. Cause in that moment you want to know, like, of course I have all these questions, right? Like what happened? Where, like, where did this happen? What, who are these people? That are How did this up? happen? Yes. How yes. did this happen? Yeah. And so, um, by the time I got there, I was sitting next to Rhett and, um, his eyes are like as big as golf balls. And yeah. he kept just saying over and over again to me, like, mom, am I going to die? Am I gonna oh my die? gosh. And, you know, as a mom, you're looking at him, like, I-, I didn't know the answer to that question in that moment, but I'm looking, I'm like, buddy, no, you're not like, we have people coming to help. And at that point I heard, um, police sirens and ambulance, um, sirens on their way. So they responded very quickly. Um, and, um, so at that point, I'm just laying next to him, trying to just kind of talk to him, honestly. Yeah. And Foster at this point is on the other side of the driveway. Um, and so the paramedics rushed in and 
two ambulance arrived. Um, and so they, you know, come to help both of the boys and start, you know, it, it's one of those moments where you're like, you still don't know what's going on. And they're like cutting off their clothes and, you know, you're just, you're like walking around going, what's going on? You right. know, it was right. just this feeling of, I feel like this is really out of control uh-huh. and out of my control. And, um, still don't understand <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so that was like a whirlwind of a moment and, um, they get both of the boys loaded up in ambulances. And like one of the paramedics looks at me and says, we need your husband in one and we need you in the other. And I'm looking at my two-year-old going, okay, like, what are we supposed to do with him? Right. <laughs> so I just looked at Scott and I was like, take George to our neighbor, na- our neighbor, Miss Dale. He's like a sweet, she's like another grandmother to my boys. I was like, yeah. just go drop him off. Tell her what's going on. Like we have to go. Like there was this yeah. sense of urgency of like, we need to get to the hospital now. Yeah. And so at that point, one of the paramedics had said, um, Rhett's injuries were a lot work. Foster was awful in other places that I didn't even know that were like under his clothes that he didn't even show me, but yeah. Come to find out later, Rhett was definitely in more critical condition at that point, just because of the areas that the dogs had attacked his neck. Um, and so, but one of the paramedics said, I don't think right now there's anything that I'm seeing that's life-threatening, but just, she was, he was trying to kind of ease my mind of like, you know, we think everything's going to be okay. Right. We're going to do everything that we can. And so, um, anyway, so I didn't, I left the house without my cell phone. Like I'm in the ambulance. Scott has a phone. And I just was like, I just said, call our parents, tell them to pray. Like I didn't yeah. know what else to do. So I was like, just tell them where, what, what's going on. Tell them to pray. Tell them George is okay. And then yeah. we're on the way to the hospital. Would you, did your voice sound like that? Or do were you more panicky? No, like, do you I was, remember? I was, yeah, I do. I was actually extremely calm, uh-huh. which um, was just the Lord in that yeah. moment of like, um, Scott is definitely more, his personality would definitely be more of like the overreactor in our relationship. And he was actually very calm. Wow. I'm, I'm naturally calm, but it was just this supernatural, like thinking clearly, which is uh-huh. amazing. Cause usually uh-huh. like traumatic things like that, it, that can be a hard thing, right. To like pro- be processing stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just very like matter of fact, like, right. We need to do this. We need to do this. Like, you know, this is what's happening. Right. So we get to the hospital and, um, we get to the ER and it was, we were at a children's hospital in Atlanta that was amazing. Like if anyone has ever been at just a children's hospital, the people are just, I don't know, they're just prepared for everything. I feel like (laughs) Scott's Scott was with foster and their ambulance arrived before us. And they were like at the door waiting to meet us. Like they had like chaplain and like all of these people that were like ready to take us to the um, emergency room that we were, you know, scheduled to be in. Um, and so they had the boys actually, like it was a double room that was open to each other, which was cool in the sense that we could just walk back and forth, um, while they were kind of like checking their bodies out to see where, you know, really where all of the, um, wounds were. Um, and that was a, that was a, um, very surreal moment for me because, um, you're seeing your two children laying on, um, these beds. And I hadn't seen, I, I still, I do think this was the worst protection for me to visually, I still haven't, didn't see all of the wounds on their body because a lot of them were wrapped up, but, um, you know, it's weird watching like a doctor take your son and like 
flip them over from side to side and look, and you know, I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was there. And oh my goodness, I didn't know, you know, like I didn't know that was there. I didn't know that's where they were attacked because really what we, once we, once the whole story unfolded, it was really more than it, it was, a, it was a, like a mauling is really what it was. And so, you know, you have these, because we weren't there, you just, your mind, you just have these visions, right. In your mind of like what those moments were like for your kids. And then there's all these things that play out, like we weren't there, you know, and that's a hard, that's a hard thing as a parent. Cause you want to be there when um, your kids are hurting. ER, you know, we were there for a few hours before we finally were told, like, the doctor was like, both of your boys, you know, both need to be in surgery, um, like ASAP. Um, And so um, we had, you know, a surgeon on RET that was, because his was definitely more, um, his his wounds were just more critical. And so... Mm -hmm. He had a um, vascular surgeon working on him. Foster had a plastic surgeon. Um, and yeah, they were, Foster was in surgery for three hours and Rhett oh was in gosh. surgery for five. No. Um, and so, yeah, it was just one of those. Like at the same time? At the same time. Yeah. So we oh have, I mean, gosh. we had this, you know, moment where they're taking them up to get ready to go to the OR and, you know, you're like saying something to one of your boys and walk next door, say something to the other, just, um, cause they were a little, they, they didn't even really know what was going on. Like it was, yeah. um, in their little minds, like, um, they had a lot of questions and everything happened so fast that, you know, it was just, there wasn't a whole lot of time to even tell them what was right. And does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Um, it's like a lot of surgeries for kids. It's like, you're going to have this surgery next week. And did you right. have some sort of like preparation prep? And this was just like, uh, it just yeah. needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so, you're doing it for both of your boys and they have unique exactly. personalities and, you know. Yes. yes. So it was really just this like, mom and dad love you so much. Yeah. You're going to be okay. These doctors are like going to take care of you. We're going to see you as soon as you're done. I've, you know, it was like just this quick, like we're praying. We've had a moment of prayer, but it was like, it wasn't time to even, you know, I also didn't want them to see or feel our anxiety or fear or worry around it, you know? Um, so anyway, so yeah, so it really was just a waiting game at that point of us just in the waiting room, um, waiting for news of like what was going on, what they found while they were in surgery. Um, and, um, so yeah, that was a, that, that was a tough few hours for sure. Um, a feeling just very separated and, yeah. and a little bit, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Were, did y'all's parents come to the hospital? Were they in the waiting room? So, cool thing, just another thing that the Lord did. So this was obviously in the midst of like still COVID protocols and, you know, like, yeah. They, because of this nature, it was two of our kids. They, you know, said that both parents were able to be there, which I think mm-hmm. normally is just one parent. Mm-hmm. Since it was both, they let Scott and I both go. And, you know, they said they were like, but like no other family can come. So that was the first thing they told us when we got to the ER. And um, like 20 minutes later, I walk out of their room. Scott was like, walk out there for a minute. And like both of our moms are standing right there. And, um, 
of course that was a very emotional moment. Cause I'm yeah. like, how did y'all even get in? And well, um, those, they didn't know your parents. <laughs> like they didn't know these grandparents. They're going to exactly, find a way. To exactly. <laughs> and my mom is very like, there's like, there, there's not much that would stop her. And so I right. know like walking into the hospital, she's like, no, we're going back to see my grandparents. <laughs> So, um, you're not stopping and, me. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And so, thankful. and you needed to see them like you yes. need, you know? Yes, absolutely. And so at that point, like Scott's sister, Jessica had gone to get my two-year-old taken him back to her house. So she, he was with her kids. So like he was taken, you know, I d- wasn't worried about him at that point. Mm-hmm. And that also freed up our parents to be able to come to the hospital. And so yeah. at that point, I think the, the chaplain and whoever else was kind of in charge of visitors knew like, okay, this is a different situation. Mm-hmm. We need to just kind of like maybe make an exception. Yeah. Um, and so they let them stay throughout their surgery oh. and just wait with us, which was yeah. awesome. So uh. that was like a huge, just blessing for us to yes. not feel even more alone. In that yes, moment. absolutely. So, yeah. So they came out of surgery Mm-hmm. So Foster came out first because his surgery was shorter. Um, and Rhett, so if that was around, I think that was around like 9.30 or 10 at that point, Rhett was in surgery till almost 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of, so it was like we could be with Foster, which was sweet as he like woke up and yeah. came out of anesthesia and was able to be with him. And then um, we were just kind of waiting around for Rhett to um, to get out. So um so yeah, everything went well. Um, surgery wise, there was, you know, they had thought that Rhett, there was an area in his neck. Um, one of the dogs had bitten one of like something off of his spinal cord, um, a little chip. And so of the bone there. And so they were a little unsure if they were going to have to have like some neuro oh my gosh. People from neurosurgery to kind of come, you know, so when you hear that, you're like, okay, what, like, this is yeah. not you know, like anyway, so there was still a little bit of a waiting, like even after surgery with Rhett of like, we're, we got to watch him and kind of do some more x-rays and just make sure that, you know, everything is healing the way that it needs to. And that there isn't anything else going on internally. So there was still, it wasn't like this, they got out of surgery. Everything's good. Like, you know, there was a little touch and go for a few days. Um, still a little uncertainty which was still hard. And they were in the hospital for like recovering for several days, right? Yes. So we were there for four days, um, which was um, honestly, it's, I still feel like it's a little miraculous that we were even able to go home as early as that. Because I think in that moment, I'm like, there's no way we're like, I mean, my younger one foster had to learn how to walk again. And like, there was physical therapy involved. Like this wasn't, you know, so I mean like day two, I'm like, we're going to be in my mind. I'm like, we're going to be here for a long time. That's what I'm right. Thinking. Right. Um, so it was even amazing when they were like day four, y'all can go home. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. Um, but no, but that, that was, you know, just the words, um, for, provision and healing yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I want, there's a lot of details in there that you found out later about how God protected your boys. Cause I think, you know, thinking about that, the truth that like, we can't be with our kids all the time. Like we just can't. And you want to be, you of course wanted to be there when they were in 
you know, but like we can't. And that's the gift of God. Like he is with our kids everywhere they go. And so, and and he was protecting your boy. So I want you to talk about the details yeah. where God, God was there and was protecting yeah. them. So we later kind of got the whole, um, you know, the, the, the story in its entirety. Um, so while, while, while the boys were being attacked by these two dogs, um, a lady in the cul-de-sac where this was happening, heard screaming Mm -hmm. and, um, she said, she just felt like she needed to walk outside and see what was going on. And so she walked to the end of her driveway and saw what was happening and immediately just like ran over to the boys to try to help fight these two dogs off. Oh my gosh. And this woman's like in her mid sixties, like, this is not like a, you know, 20 year old, like mm-hmm. I can sprint to rescue type right. of And so I'm even just like envisioning that whole thing of just her um, reaction to go help. Yeah. Um, and so she said she was there for a good five or six minutes trying to oh help gosh. them. She said there was at one point, she just laid on top of foster, my youngest and, um, said, foster, can you go run, get your dad? Oh my gosh. And, um, so she said at that point, the dog was on top of her, but she was kind of protecting foster and foster kind of slipped out from under her and, um, ran home. And it's crazy that now knowing his injuries, like on his legs, that he even made it all the way home to be quite honest, because it was uphill and not an easy (laughs) path for him at all. Um, and so that's how he notified us at that point. And then, um, this sweet woman, her name is Mary Ellen. So she said she kind of stayed to help Rhett and that went on for another several minutes. And did she have injuries? Yes, she okay. did. Okay. She had um a few injuries along her back um mm-hmm. and on her leg. Um okay. not anything like life-threatening, but yes, she did have injuries yeah. and some like nerve damage. Yeah. Anyway, so um a few houses down, there was a um a, a work crew that was um putting in a pool in our this neighbor's backyard and this man named Joey said he heard screaming and this is how he describes it, which again is just so cool because this was just the word. He said, I just, something didn't sit well with me when I heard the screaming. And he said, I just had this sense of like, I need to go see what's going on. Yeah. And so he said at that point, he started running towards the screams and he saw red just running through the woods, like, and a dog chasing him. And he said, at that point after he saw Rhett collapse because he was just, he was really weak at that point. So he ran over to Rhett and threw him over his shoulders and the dog started chasing both of them. And Joey fell down. He was not injured, but I guess the dog had grabbed his pant leg. He had fallen down and was, he had like laid on top of Rhett with his like arms and elbows out to try to keep the dog off of Rhett until he could get him back up to run to get help. Yeah. And so he said he picked him up one more time and ran um and just started yelling like oh my gosh someone call 911 someone call 911 we need help. And he said he knew at that point like there were a lot of people around. He thought that if he could get to where all the people were that the dogs would calm down just seeing the people. Right. So they did. Someone was able to grab the two dogs and somehow get them on a leash. Um, and at that point, someone had already called 
um, for help. So, and he said he's, he, so back up a little bit. We also came to like, Joey was an ex Marine. Oh my gosh. You know, we're like, so knowing this, I'm like, he, he really did kind of know, not that he's a doctor, but he didn't know sort of what to do in a situation like this. Right. He took off his shirt and tied it tight, like around Rhett's neck to try to stop the bleeding there. Um, and you know, it was interesting because even when I arrived on the scene in that moment, you just kind of had that, like, I had that sense of like, I don't know this man, but like, I feel like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, it was just this, like, almost like this comfort to me of like, like he was even telling the paramedics and the police, like, cause he saw the whole, like most of it. And so he was like, his neck on this side is really bad. Oh my gosh. Know, you know, like, I don't know if it, if there's an artery that was hit, like he's like talking them through all of it. And I'm like looking at him going, Oh my goodness. Like, this is like, he just, I didn't say, I couldn't say anything at that point. Right. Like, right, Joey, right. Stop, like you know, what's going on. Like, I trust you. <laughs> right. Right. And so, um, anyway, so that was just another, um, just the ward working and providing for, mm-hmm. um, like you said, like we couldn't be there, but he provided two people that yeah. could be there and that were willing to help. Um, and that's something that stuck with me too, of like, these were strangers. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't know them. They didn't mm-hmm. know our boys and yet they put their life in danger. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's a, it's really amazing. Um, just thinking back on, on both of them. Um, so anyway, yeah. Oh, and you still, y'all, you like you connected with them after the, yes. Right. Yes. So we, um, so cool. Another thing, like in the middle of, um, us waiting for the boys when they were in surgery, Joey, um, had gotten, got Scott's number and called him while we were sitting there waiting. And he just said, um, you know, I want you to know my wife is a nurse here at Children's and like, she's been talking, yes. Like she's been talking to the doctors and like, you have like the best surgeon that is working on Rhett right now. And just like telling us all. And then that moment we were like, Scott kind of lost it at that point. Cause he was just like seeing all the pieces come together of just, just the Lord being in the details of it really was like, really overwhelming for us. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so we, um, so Joey's wife, Courtney actually came to visit us. She was on call, I guess the next day after their surgery. And like, she came and introduced herself to us. And so of course we're like, everybody's like a basket case. My mom's like crying, hugging her. Like she's, I mean, we're just like, you don't understand what your husband did, you know, like this is a big deal. Um, and so, fast forward a little bit. Once we were back home and settled, um, from the hospital, we got to have Joey and his family over for dinner and Mary Ellen and her family and our whole family. So like my my whole family. Um, and it was just a sweet, like, um, it was cool for me to see how my boys, um, sorry, (laughs) just like responded to seeing them again. Like, um, you know, it was one of those things as a parent, you're like, oh my goodness, like Rhett had like written Joey this long note. And, um, he had been saying after the hospital, he was like, mom, I really want to see Mr. Joey soon. Like, I really want to see him. And I'm like, well, buddy, we're going to see him. Like, we're going to, you know, don't worry. Like he's in our life forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was just this sweet, like, I'll never forget Joey, like pulling up in his truck and getting out of his car and Rhett just like running to him to yeah. give him like this hug. 
of like, there was a connection there. Like they have a bond of um, something that I can't really even understand. Um, And so it was just this sweet time of like our family getting to love on them and thank them. And um, I don't know, it felt like this like reunion. Yeah. (laughs) And like a, um, with a horrible situation, but just so much redemption. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we, um, I mean, Mary Ellen, she is our neighbor that we just never knew that lives at the end of our, <laughs> so we see her a lot. Like she'll stop yes. back and say, Hey, and drop, you know, she always wants to see the boys and, um, we, Joey texts us a lot. Um, and so we'll talk to him. We've had him over several times to our house with his kids and, um, yeah, so it's just a sweet, um, uh, just relationship, honestly, that we did not ever would have had, never would have had. Yes. So I guess your boys remember all of this. Yes, they do. Um, what was really interesting and still is interesting, I guess, because of the nature of the trauma and just their bodies being in so much trauma, never once did they cry. Um, or even, they kind of even tell us that even like the pain they didn't even feel, which was very interesting. Um, oh. Obviously the story and the images they have and have not been able to release that part of it. Um, there are in like the, in the moments, there are some things that they don't remember, which again, I feel like is also just the Lord's protection over their little minds, like things that Mary Ellen and Joey have told us their Rhett and Foster have not even shared, if that makes sense. So maybe they don't, remember that part or something. Yes. Like there's just some things, I guess their brain might may have just blocked out. Yeah. Um, So yes, like they can, they can tell you the, you know, the majority of the story from their perspective. Right. Um, But, but yeah, there's like some details and stuff that they don't remember. Is, are they fine riding bikes now? Like it just, I'm just practically. Yeah. Yeah. That took, um, that took a, um, that probably took a month or two for them okay. to want to get back on their bikes. Well, they had to obviously heal and then absolutely yeah. physically they had to heal, but even just the emotional side of like right. getting back on our bikes. And I remember it was like, okay, mom, we just want to ride up and down the driveway. And then it was yeah. like, okay, we're just gonna, we don't want to go down there. Like I just yeah. remember that, but like they weren't quite ready for that yet, but yes, now they are like back to being <laughs> boys and yeah. bikes. And I mean, you know, there are obviously still moments of, um, there's still moments and that's what I've learned about trauma and anyone that has experienced any sort of trauma. It's an, it's a, it's so different. It just, in the way that, um, it's like it ends, you know, that this, it happened and it's over, but it's not really over. If that makes sense. Like yeah. there's things yeah. that come up and, um, someone gave me this analogy, someone that dropped off food for us a few weeks after this all happened, um, gave this analogy that like completely stuck with me about trauma. And I don't, maybe someone that's listening to this can relate, but they said, you know, it's like, you're driving in a car on the highway and like life goes on. Like you got to keep moving because that's just the nature of living, but you have two tires blown out. And I was like, yes, that is like how I feel. (laughs) Um, because you know, it was like one minute, like everything's great. Like everyone's doing good. Like we're living our life. And then it was like something would hit or something would be triggered mentally or emotionally. And it's like, okay, now we're kind of going backwards a little bit. Right. Not even just for the boys, but for you and Scott, like y'all experience trauma. So you're also trying to like 
Absolutely. Move for, you know, figure out and then process all your own feelings yes. and emotions, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like, like, I get, I guess it with, there's not like a, and now we're done. Like now we've processed it. Now we're good. Like, do you feel like, okay, we got some, we've got some headway and then, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, and I think it's, you know, I'll be honest, like since it happened, there's not a day that hasn't gone by that I don't think about it. Like there's just not, um, it doesn't consume my thoughts. The word is like completely been so gracious with that, but it, it, I do, it it enters my mind every day. And so it is this, um, yeah, it it is this, it marked us forever, you know? And so it's a part of our family story. It's a part of our boy's story. That's so powerful. And there's so much that we, um, rejoice in and are thankful for, but it is this, um, it is this thing, you know, yes, of, yes. We went through this and it was really hard Yeah, <laughs> and there's still pieces of it that we, you know, have to deal with at times. Right. So, right. Um, how did you as their mom experience God through this? Man, it, that's like, I could talk about that for a long time because, um, I, I honestly, like from the moment that foster walked in our house and i saw him, it was just like this physical feeling of like, God is here. He's in control of this. And, you know, when, when we talked about control, I think that's something that I struggle with. And I feel like maybe most moms can relate to that. <laughs> oh yeah. So- a control freak. Yes. Like I'll, yes. I'll admit that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's interesting because like our pastor for years says all the time, like that we control categorically nothing. And, <laughs> you know, you hear that and you're like, yeah, I know that. Right. Like you're like, oh right. yeah, I know that. but it's not really until you experience something like this as a parent or as a mom. And you're like, whoa, like I literally don't control anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, um, I don't know, it was weird. I was like, in that moment, I was even reminded of that, of mm-hmm. like, this is out of my control right. and I don't even know what I'm about to step into or right. what I'm about to see. Um, but I know the Lord does. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it was just this physical, I mean, there's so many things like, I know that night when we were sitting in the waiting room, um, Scott's mom had gone to, to our house to get a bunch of stuff for us for the hospital. And like, she got my phone cause I didn't have it. <laughs> and like, it was like midnight and I finally opened my phone up and I had like, I think I had like 95 text messages mm-hmm. from people that like some people I didn't even know mm-hmm. just saying like, we're praying or mm-hmm. we love you. We're praying or sending me. So, I mean, it was just like, it was this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my goodness. And then there were people that were like up all night until yeah. through Rhett's whole surgery until he was out. And I felt like his presence, but also just felt the body of believers oh. that like just how the word had, um, traveled so quickly and just how, how many people were praying like all over the place. Like it's, mm-hmm. it still blows my mind of just, um, people in different States. And I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know, we felt that for like weeks and months mm-hmm. even of just the Lord, um, being close. Yes. Like it felt it. Yes. That's I know how to describe it. So, and I feel like, until you're someone that has experienced someone else praying for you, 
Mm-hmm. Like if that makes like yeah. until you're someone that's like, oh, I know what it feels like to have masses of people pray for me. It matters. It yeah. matters. And then it changes your prayer life because oh, you realize, yeah. oh, no, this really works. And it's so powerful. And that's it's like one of those things that's hard to put it into words. Because yes. Once you experience it, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. But really, like when I say like we felt it and like even like telling you like how calm both of us were and how yes. like, we were able to think clearly and we somewhat seemed like we had, we were holding it all together, which wasn't us, which was right. totally God, you know, right. Right. Like, like none of it made sense. Does that make yeah. sense? Like yeah. we shouldn't have been even reacting the way that we did. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. just all him. And so, yes, like it's so, um, it's just powerful. When you think before that date and after, like before, do you feel like your trust in God or your kids trust in God has grown? Yeah, there's, um, you know, it's, (laughs) I think most parents could relate to this, you know, it's like being a, being raised in a Christian home, raised in the church, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I had a very strong foundation, Scott and I both did just as far as our knowledge of the Bible and Mm -hmm. of, of the Lord. And so all of these things, like we felt strong in those things, but it's not until really you become a parent and you have little kids asking you like, simple questions where you're like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like, do I know the answer to that? Or like, how right. do I answer that question? You know, right. what I mean? it right. can be, you know how their brains work. Like it can be something so elementary, but you're like, how do I explain that to a six-year-old? You know, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, we definitely got the question a lot. Like why mom, why Aww. did this happen? Like, why did God let this happen? Yeah. God is so powerful and he can do anything. Why did he let those two dogs attack us. Yeah. And that's a tough one. And so really it's just an answer of, you know what? I don't know why. And we might not ever know why on earth on this mm-hmm. side of heaven, but, um, I know there was a reason. And, yeah. uh, and then I just had to just like recount scripture to them of like, you know, the Bible tells us that who can know the mind of God and his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Like we can't always understand why he allows some things to happen. And um, that's not really even for us to question, which is hard. Like that's really hard. And so saying, okay, let's recount all the amazing things that the Lord did. That's so good. Yes. You know, like we're not going to, we're not going to even dwell on the horrific because it was so horrific. Yeah. I'm not even going to go there. We're just going to like, we're just going to list, like, let's just list out all of the things that God did through this and is continuing to do. And so, you know, it was like a practice and we still do it, you know, like he sent Miss Mary Ellen, he sent Mr. Joey, you know, all of these things that he put into place to save save you. Um, and so, you know, and then even just a simple little thing that I didn't even think, I think in the hospital, I'd said it to both of them just, you know, um, in a moment of, not even sure what to say, but it was interesting how it like stuck with both of them. And just saying like, God's always with you. And like he was with you in that moment. He's with you now. And that's such an elementary concept, like Sunday school, you know, we learned when we were like five, but obviously it's true. And it's a promise. Um, But even just that little, like I've heard Rhett say that multiple times, like when he's, you know, written things out before, like he'll say that, like Mm -hmm. God's always with me when I'm in my bed, when I'm at school, you know? And so I think even just that, um, that little reminder was really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I wanted to, because I, I feel like people are going to wonder, like I'm going to get a question about this. What happened with the dog? Like what, like, yeah. are they sure. like, yeah. So, um, so I assume they're not still in the dogs cannot possibly still be in your neighborhood. No. So they were both put down. Uh-huh. Um, so animal control, like as we were pulling out to go to the hospital that night, animal control, I guess was like right behind us. Right. And so they went and got both of the dogs and had them in custody, I guess is what you call it. Yeah. Um, they had to watch them for like 10 days to see if they had rabies or any uh-huh. other going on. And then after the 10 day, like holding period, they were put down. Yeah. And so, they were just like in a, in somebody's backyard and got out somehow. Is yes. that right? They had gotten out earlier that day. Um, and someone had put them up. They, and then we've come to find out a lot of things about this dog owner and these particular dogs. Like there have been past problems with them and we just had no idea. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, so yes, they are no longer here. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, back to like our boys asked us that. Right. That was their like, mom, what's, what's happened? What, where are those dogs? Like, that was the first thing, even when we were, I remember we were pulling into our driveway from the hospital and that was like the first question they asked. So yes, that was a a source of like some anxiety for them. Yes. Yes. The other thing I wanted to get you to tell is about the scar. That's yes. Yes. The F, the letter F. Yes. So Foster, um, he, and this was one of the things I did not see, which I'm again, very thankful that I didn't see it opened. Uh Scott did, um, when they were kind of cutting all his clothes off, um, before they put him in the ambulance that night, but, um, on his thigh, um, once they sewed that area up, it was the shape, like it was in the shape of a letter F Mm -hmm. and Foster's definitely a little bit more of like our feisty, child, mm-hmm. um, more of like the fighter in our family. Yeah. <laughs> so like, he thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> of like, mom, this, he called it his legendary F <laughs> and he was like, this is so cool. I want to show everybody that. Oh my gosh. This is F for foster. And like, this is yes. awesome. Because <laughs> didn't the, wasn't the plastic surgeon like, sorry, I couldn't get this one yes. looking better yes. or something. And he's yes. like, he oh no. apologizing to us. And he had even said like down the road, if, you know, he might need a skin graft for that area, if it doesn't heal, you yeah. know, because it's still there. And um, foster looked at him and said, no, I like it. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then the plastic surgeon was like, okay, well, that'll just between, be between you and your parents. Y'all can make that decision. <laughs> um, oh, I yeah. think he needs to have that for the rest of his life yeah. and, and be sure. able to share that, that for story. Sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Last question, uh-huh. unless you have other, other yeah. things you want to be sure and share, but um, were there any like verses, songs, words that you just have like that you've Mm -hmm. clung to those. Yeah. So, um, another cool thing that, you know, the Lord is in all of the details is at the beginning of every year, Scott and I, the past few years have decided to choose a word for our family Mm -hmm. for that year, just to like focus on and just like speak over our house. And, um, so the, that January, the word we chose was courageous and, you know, you're like not knowing having any idea of what we were about to walk through like four months Mm -hmm. later, Mm -hmm. 
And then, you know, so even sitting in the hospital, I'm going, oh my goodness, like, yeah, is our word this year. And yeah. like, it really kind of gave us Joshua 1 9, like, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not fear for the word, Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's something we've like just said over and over again to our boys. Like, they even have it in the, hanging in their room right now. And then something else just that's personal to me that like the Lord kept bringing to me, which, I, you know, is just interesting that year in Bible study, I was studying Daniel. Um, and just this whole portion of that book in Daniel three, when Daniel's three friends are about to be thrown into the fiery furnace and they tell the King, like our God will save us. And he is able to save us. But even if not, there's that, just that line that says like, even if not, and that, like, I could not get that out of my head of like, oh my goodness, like, even if not, like, even if the Lord had not chosen to save them, yeah, like he hasn't changed. He's so good. <laughs> and, um, his character hasn't changed. Like none of this was a surprise to him. Um, and so, you know, that's still like, I still am reminded of that scripture of, um, back to just control, like releasing yes. it all, you know, yes. of, yes. like, um, they're your kids. They're not even mine. You know, like he's entrusted them to us. Um, to raise and to be their parents. But at the end of the day, like, I don't control anything that has to do with them. And that's hard. Oh, <laughs> that's gosh. Still, that's still a hard thing. Even experiencing this, and, and I know that to be true, it's uh-huh. still like a daily decision, right? Yep. Of surrender. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, those are kind of two two things that um, that obviously spoke to us and are still speaking to us. I hope you don't leave this conversation with another thing to worry about as a parent. Like, I don't want tonight when you're going to sleep to be worried. What if my child gets attacked by dogs? Like, if your takeaway from this conversation is that you don't think your kids should ride bikes anymore or something like that, I'm just going to shoot you straight here. You are missing it. You're missing the point of the conversation. The point of this story is actually to lessen the power that our parenting fears and worries and what-ifs have in our lives. For Georgia, she actually lived out a fear. A nightmare came to real life. That day in May, I mean, it would be a parent's worst nightmare coming to real life. But did you see what happened? God is bigger. God won. And that's what happens when you surrender your life to Jesus. When you surrender your life, and when I say life, I mean everything, including your kids. When you surrender your life to Jesus, those worries and fears, they just don't have a chance. They don't have the power and authority. You see, Jesus rose from the dead after his death on the cross defeating the darkest, ugliest, worst things of this world. He won. He won. He defeated that stuff. And here's what George's story shows. That our God shows up in the middle of the darkest moment and has (laughs) this unbelievable ability to shine light in that darkness. You see, our God, our God brings peace 
in these moments that should feel so chaotic, that should feel so overwhelming, our God brings peace. Our God is always with you. And guess what? Our God is always with your kids. Yes, even when you aren't with your kids, God is with your kids. And God is fighting on their behalf, sending them angels that might look like construction workers. I mean, we just, we have no idea. God is fighting on our kids' behalf. Our God is a protector and a provider. So surrender your life. Surrender your children to God. It is the very, very best parenting decision you can ever make. Okay, I'm, I'm transitioning here to something that is a simple ask, way less important than the last thing I said. So, you know, take this or leave it. But I'm asking, would you want to sign up for y'all? I want you to know about it. Y'all is a something that will show up in your inbox once a month on the 8th of the month, to be specific. And it'll include a good story from me, some things that are giving me life. And, you know, it'll give me the opportunity to know who you are. And I really want to know who you are. So you can sign up for y'all by going to fourparentspodcast.com. And at the very bottom of the homepage is where you'll sign up. All right. Thank you, my friends. I will talk to you guys next time.